Welcome to Journey In, a show that aims to offer you new and expanding perspectives when it comes to defining your spirituality. These days, more and more of us are craving a deeper connection to something bigger than ourselves. I created this show to not only share about my personal journey, but to create a space to have conscious conversation around different spiritual modalities, health and wellness trends, and to hear from spiritual thought leaders so that we can come together and respect one another despite our spiritual beliefs and differences. At the end of the day, a spiritual journey is a homecoming to who you really are, and you get to define what that path looks like. It can be messy, hard, and confusing. We're going to journey through it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm your host, Jess Montasia, and let's journey in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am very excited for today's episode. It's a lot different than any episode I've ever done. I don't know if you guys can tell by now, but I much prefer interviewing people, just having a dynamic of conversation with my episodes versus solo episodes. It just feels really good for my process. And I just really enjoy the energy bouncing off of another person. So if you listened to episode 11 on all things energy healing, my friend and energy healer Lily was on the show as a guest and we got to talking afterwards and she actually was like, Hey, I have experience interviewing people. If you ever want me to come on your show and interview you, let me know. And something in my body was like, this is a yes. And so that's what we're doing today. We're flipping the script. So I'm super excited because Lily asks so many great questions that really give me the opportunity to go deep on specifically nutrition. We talk a lot about nutrition. Um, So if you've been with me from the beginning, you know I started in nutrition. So uh, basically an update on what my nutrition looks like, what my viewpoints are around nutrition at the moment, all the things. And we talk about my spiritual journey, my current spiritual practices, and We also get into why I released my business, which actually is something that I have not shared publicly, but it is feeling like it is the time to do so. I've been in a bit of a transition with career lately, so more to come on that. So anyways, this is a really great episode. I It was really fun for me to be able to speak on all of these things. And I think just when, when someone is asking you questions, it just gives you the opportunity to go deeper than you would um, if you're just, you know, recording an episode by yourself. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome back to the show, Lily. Hi, Jess. So glad to be here. Woo, I'm so excited. Okay, so... For those of you who are regular listeners, Lily was on a previous episode of the podcast and we talked about all things energy healing. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. So Lily is actually going to interview me. I can't wait. So exciting. (laughs) So we thought we'd try something new because we were just chatting after we recorded and 
Lily was like, by the way, like I've interviewed people before. And if you, you know, ever want me to come on and interview you. And I was just like, wait, that feels really good for me. So let's do it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Well, I am going to hand you the reins. So. Okay. Great. Um, I did want to ask you, maybe you have said this on previous episodes. So if you have, sorry to make you repeat yourself, but I'd love to know, and maybe your li- listeners would be interested in this too, is what your human design is and what your astrology is. Oh, I love this question. I actually have never mentioned my astrology, but um, I've mentioned my human design a few times. So, okay. Human design. I'm a six, two emotional authority manifesting generator. And then in astrology, my big three, I'm a Sagittarius sun, a Capricorn moon and a Virgo rising. Okay. Amazing. And do you have, do you know numerology? Do you know your life path? I'm a life path 22. Whoa. Yeah. I've like recalculated that so many times because I'm like, wait, is it actually 22? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's 22. So what is the 22? Like I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that. Okay. So 22 is one of the master numbers and it's basically, um, so with each master number, there's like a, a number that's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like the base number, I guess. So the, the base number of 22 is, um, four, like life path four. So basically like I resonate strongly with life path four and have a lot of those qualities, but it's kind of like being a life path four on steroids because life path four is like the builder. I think it's called the archetype or whatever. And then life path 22 is the master builder. And so there's, it's like a big, when I first read it, I was like, whoa, (laughs) Um, I'm like, okay, hopefully I can live up to this. (laughs) Yeah. I know what you mean. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I, my boyfriend's an 11 and like, he's not really into this stuff, but I'm just like, oh my God, like you're here for such a big mission. (laughs) My boyfriend's an 11 too. No. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Wait, what life path are you? I'm a three. Okay. Yeah. So three is like all about like self-expression and yeah. But okay. So tell me a little bit more about the four, if you know. What I know is that fours are very good at basically bringing things to fruition. Um, Like that builder archetype, like they're very good at you know, thinking of, of ideas and having these visions and like bringing it to life. And they're very disciplined. They're very hardworking, um, which definitely resonates. And I'm sure there's more qualities, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm not like a numerology expert, but, um, but it's fun to like dabble in. So, and, and then with like the life path 22, it's like, the words that I read in the book that I have are like basically here to like build an empire. And I'm like, okay. And like make, make big changes in like society and stuff, which is interesting because I have things that I've like thought of, but I'm like, I don't know how to go about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that's, def- I feel like that's definitely why I'm on this spiritual journey and I'm just going with it. And 
seeing, I'm trying to take it one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's very Capricorn of you taking it one step at a time. (laughs) And um, yeah, I mean, obviously you're a force of nature. Clearly you're powerful. And I would love to hear what, you know, what some of these visions are that you have currently for that kind of like align with this 22 theme. Mm -hmm. One that I have that is like really close to my heart that I don't know exactly how or what my role would be in it or what I'm going to do with it. It's just like this idea or not really idea, I guess just this vision that I've had for us and like for the earth and for the collective is um, to somehow eradicate factory farming. And, you know, that I, I promote a lot, you know, I used to, I, I went back to school for nutrition a few years back and that's what I initially started my business in. And what I was most passionate about was regenerative agriculture and how to explain to people and basically educating people on what regenerative agriculture is and how they can, as consumers, support regenerative agricultural practices by buying meats that are pasture-raised, grass-fed, all the things, because it's something that unfortunately is, I mean, we don't have easy access to it uh, as consumers, unfortunately, and it depends on where you live, honestly. And you know, it is something that is becoming more well-known and we are getting a little bit more access to it, but we have so far to go in order to really make that the norm. And, you know, there's a lot of implications that go along with it that I haven't done like my exact research around, but it's kind of like, you know, can regenerative agriculture meet the meat demands of our society because it takes a lot more manpower. It takes a lot more money. And so I've actually had like a whole conversation with my boyfriend around this, but it's like, you know, is is that even realistic? And that's something that, um, I've been curious about, but I haven't fully dove into yet. And I don't know. There's just something about it that like, I'm so passionate about and I'm, and I, and I think that it could be so beneficial for our society. And like, we need it so badly because factory farming contributes so much to greenhouse gases and global warming. And so that's like a big factor is like helping the earth and then also helping the animals and then also our health. So there's like three main things there. Um, because I think a lot of people that maybe don't have, just really don't care a lot about like where their meat comes from. It's like, you don't really have to care about the animals, but it is a matter of caring about like the planet. And like, we're obviously in a place where I think everybody by now knows the planet is declining and we do have to do something about it. And so that's like my big vision slash things I've thought about, but I have not acted on it yet. <laughs> so to wow. on that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So immediately when you started talking about 
that. I was like, wow, okay, like this is a part of why you and I connected because mm-hmm. that that is so near and dear to my heart and something, you know, like part of my work is obviously with, you know, the earth and the environment. And so they're all really interconnected. So I was just like, mm, ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. But then also when you started talking about that, like so many chills, I just felt like, I felt like the energy, like kind of like go like this, like, like they, they can't see me what I'm doing on the camera right now, but I'm, I'm kind of like sharing like what I was feeling like energetically as you were talking about that through my hand movements. But basically it was kind of like everything kind of got like still and like focused. It was like laser focused. It felt like really cool when you were talking about it and I got full body chills. So I think you're really onto something there. And I personally feel like it's such an important cause um, for all of the reasons that you shared. I'm interested to hear, so you said you started with your nutrition background and then you went into your business using your degree. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's move into that kind of idea about the nutrition piece and kind of why you ended up going that way into your business. And then eventually, you know, why you pivoted or changed direction in your business to what it is today. Yeah. Um, this is so fun. I never get to talk about this. <laughs> um, so I initially went back. So I start, I actually went to college. I did the whole university thing and I got my degree in public relations. Initially I went and I worked in, um, hotel management actually for about three and a half years after college. And then when I found nutrition, I like spiked this sparked this fire in me and I was like so passionate about it. And I just started researching everything and then decided to go back to school for it. And, um, basically I just made the decision. I was like, I'm starting my career over. I found my passion, which is like, I think what everybody wants. And I found mine at 25 and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going for it. And so for a little while after my degree, like after finishing school for nutrition, I went and I worked at a medical weight loss clinic and I worked there for about a year. And I mean, honestly, I was miserable. It just wasn't aligned. And it did give me a lot of exposure though, into, you know, some, you know, the weight loss industry specifically and into just like what people were struggling with. Cause I was working one-on-one with a lot of people And, um, but what it was really missing was like the spiritual and the mindfulness aspect of health. Like it was very, just like all focused on nutrition and that was it. And I was finding myself bringing all of these like meditation recommendations and mindfulness practices, like into my coaching sessions with clients. And it was like coming from me, not from the company. And I just kind of started to realize like, it, the approach wasn't aligned in the way that I wanted to approach working with people when it came to like optimizing their health. And so I started looking for other jobs and honestly, like I did not want to start my own business. I was like, I, I, nobody in my family has ever been an entrepreneur. It's like, I was the first one. And so I was like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't even know, like that sounds so daunting and so scary. And so I was looking for a long time for another job and there literally was nothing that fit the role that I knew people needed. And so I was like, all right, 
there's nothing out there. So I'm just going to have to create the position. I'm just going to have to create the role. And I was like, I guess I'm opening my own nutrition coaching business. And so I did. And then I had my spiritual awakening, like right after I made that decision and (laughs) that threw me for a loop. And so that kind of like, I initially started off with some just like full on just nutrition clients. And then my spiritual awakening caused me to like pull back, become a recluse. And I was like, couldn't hold space for people because I was going through so much of my own stuff. And then I found human design and I was like, oh my God, like this is the way of the future. And so I did a whole certification in human design. And then I shifted my business to be all about, um, more so through the lens of like coaching through human design. And I kind of let go of the nutrition, um, because once I went through my spiritual awakening, like I just naturally and intuitively got pulled away from nutrition and like the science behind it, I guess, like it became, I I was very like into the science of nutrition and like could explain to people all of the reasonings behind like how this food gets broken down in your body and blah, 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 blah. And then I don't know. I'm sure you probably know that you're, maybe you feel this too, but the more spiritual you get, it's just kind of like the science is like, like my brain can't handle the science part of things anymore. It's like, it's like, I just can't, it's like this. I just know this works. And how do I know? Because I've seen it and I felt it and that's, that's it. And that's, That's like where I'm at with things. (laughs) And that's why I don't really do nutrition anymore because, um, you know, first of all, it's so individualized I'm I'm still super passionate about it. I still eat really healthy, but like the way that I need to eat changes can like every few months, my nutritional needs just change and it doesn't make sense. And so for me, it just didn't feel right anymore to be like sharing everything that I was eating and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just felt like it became more of a personal journey. Um, yeah. Did I answer that was so long winded? No. Yeah, that was perfect. (laughs) And it really gave me like the whole journey, you know? And, and so I'm wondering, I also had kind of a similar experience with nutrition. It's like, almost like the more you try to make it fit into a box that makes sense from, you know, a nutritional perspective, the harder it is to just feel good. I have found, um, especially once you're kind of like in, in the lane of, you know, the spiritual awakening and it's, it's not, it's not just, you know, macros anymore. It's, and even, you know, it's not even just vitamins anymore. It's, you know, the frequency of food as you were, we were talking about this before we even got on the recording. So I would love to hear like a little bit more about your nutrition. So you said that it changes like every couple of months. So what has that kind of been like for you? And do you feel really satisfied with your decision to really make it a personal journey? I would say Yes, I do feel satisfied with it being more of a personal journey. Um, I just because I feel like I don't have to like explain myself in the way that I eat. And I'm very much more so like I eat to fuel my body now. So before I would like really get all, I would spend like a ton of time in the kitchen cooking and like 
making my meals look really appetizing and doing all this more gourmet stuff, which was actually really fun for me at first. But now I'm just like, I want to get in the kitchen and I want to get out of it. And like, I do still enjoy cooking, but again, it's more based on like necessity. And so like, I don't ever want to take the time to like plate it and make it look nice. Sometimes I do just because it works out. And in that case, I'll like share it. But most of the time what I'm eating is like, it doesn't look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like, oops. <laughs> I just said, wait. Um, but yeah, most of the time what I'm eating, like it doesn't look pretty. And I don't know. I just felt this pressure to like, it always, so have it always look good, I guess. But mm-hmm. so it does feel better that it's a more personal journey. Cause I feel like I'm not expending so much energy on that, on like, what are people going to think about this? And then like, am I going to have to explain this and all of that stuff? But, um, in terms of, in terms of things changing for me, so I go through phases where I like crave beef specifically. Like, I don't know, like, obviously it's probably like a nutritional deficiency. I think it could also be related to my cycle, but I'll go through phases where, it's kind of like more weeks at a time where I crave beef and I eat a ton of beef, uh, like grass fed beef sticks, or like, I always make like a grass fed, like pot roast, usually like once a month, once a week. Um, but then I go through some phases where like, I can't eat meat at all. And it's very just like, it doesn't make sense. And then all I want in that case are like smoothies that have like protein added to them. And like, usually in those cases, when I don't want meat, I'm sourcing a lot of my protein from like, clean plant-based protein powders in my smoothies and stuff, because like, I can feel that my body still needs protein, but it doesn't want meat. And I'm just like, okay. And it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like it, it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make sense, but I'm just like, okay, well, this is what I'm making. And this is how I'm eating. And I'm just going with it. Like I'll have some days where all I eat are like smoothies. And then I have some days where all I eat is like meat and some veggies. So it like shifts a lot, I would say. Um, and I just like roll with it. I I go based off of whatever I intuitively like feel and crave. Um, and I mean, you know, with frequency work, it's like, we need a lot of, uh, electrolytes and stuff to replenish us. Mm -hmm. And like the past two days, I have just been like dousing everything I eat in salt an unhealthy amount. I mean, like you would think it's an unhealthy amount of salt. Cause yeah. I also use like a healthy, you know, um, sea salt. So it's, you know, it's good for you. And that's also a myth by the way, that a lot of people think salt's bad for you. It's not, it's just the type of salt you use, um, just for anyone listening, but I've just been like salting the shit out of anything. Like I made myself a little breakfast taco this morning and I put so much salt on it. And I'm just like, if anybody saw me doing this right now, they would be like, are you okay? <laughs> and I, and I, but like my taste buds are like, yes, give us more salt. Yeah. No, it's because I've been doing, I've been doing more frequency work and, and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, my body just needs the electrolyte, you know, rebalance, but yeah. So it just goes in and out. It's just so unpredictable and it feels better for me to feel like I can just do whatever I want with my eating and not have to like explain myself, I guess. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that, you know, 
the nutrition piece is like such a huge initiation, I think for people like in the spirituality space where like, I really do, because I think most of us, especially if you're a woman listening has, you know, at one point subscribed to some sort of diet or, you know, had different food rules that maybe you didn't even know you had. And it's definitely an initiatory process of coming back to truly like your own body and like what it actually wants and having the courage to trust that in every moment. And yeah, like you said, like not have to explain yourself. And, you know, that's, I, I, I see myself like in that story so much as well. And yeah, I love everything that you said around just really being intuitive with your cycle, even like I also have found that like the only rhythm that really like makes sense for me is following like the phases of my cycle and like what do I want in each phase um like being really intuitive with that has been helpful for me as well so hopefully you know for anyone listening permission granted you know for (laughs) doing your thing and you know allowing it to be be what it is and be okay I am curious about, you know, your business. So you said you transitioned from nutrition to human design and then kind of where did it go from there? So with the human design thing, and yeah, I'm just going to be totally candid on this because I love, I still love human design. Like, I think it's a beautiful tool that we can use, you know, alongside astrology and, Um, you know, numerology, like all that we were just talking about, but the way in which I felt like I was practicing it, it felt like I was just regurgitating information and I wasn't actually like embodying it. And my business just wasn't, it, it felt really hard. Like it felt really hard for me to get clients. Like it felt really hard for me to like get anything going And it just felt like a lot of work. And after a few months of that, I kind of just, or about six months or so, I was so burnt out because I was like overworking myself and I was approaching it from a way that like did not feel aligned for me, which is ironic because the whole, the whole point of human design is to like help you operate energetically in alignment. And I was not doing that. I was like, I was coming from a place where I I was, it was almost like it felt like desperation where I was like, I just have to provide for myself because at that point I took my business full time. And I was like, I just have to, I have to provide for myself. I have to make money. Like I have to keep pushing, go, go, go. And it just was so unaligned and it felt so hard. And Mm -hmm. I had just this moment. I mean, it was honestly like when I met my boyfriend now, my my current partner, he kind of like, it's like he came into my life like so unexpectedly and he has been like a mirror for me in a lot of ways. And he basically helped me. I just had like a huge breakdown to him at one point. And I was just like, I can't like, I, I, this doesn't feel good anymore. Like this doesn't feel right. And I'm tired. And like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I started to become really resentful toward my business and just like toward everything, just life in general. Like I wasn't happy. And so 
I made the decision last year. I was like, I need to pull back. Like I need to, I need to take a break and I need to regroup and I need to see what it is that I, you know, how I want to move forward basically. Um, and so I was very fortunate that I was able to like take some time off and basically in that time. And I'm honestly still recovering. And this was like mid last year, my nervous system was so shot that I just like, couldn't, I just needed to rest. And luckily I was like able to do that. And my boyfriend was like really supportive of me doing that. And like, really nurturing and made me feel really safe and held and everything. And throughout that process, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I was like, I think I just need to let her go. I just need to let my business go because the big thing for me was it didn't feel like, I think with human design in general, there's so much, there's so many more practitioners like coming out with human design, which I think is great. Um, but you can feel the energy behind it. If it's like really, truly embodied human design, or if it's like what I was doing where it's like just information, just kind of being like repeated. And that's where I think is like the discrepancy right now with human design is I think that there's just a lot of people that are doing like what I was doing because like, I don't know, they don't know what else to do. That's where I was at. Like, I was like, I don't know what else to do with this. (laughs) And now I'm kind of just like, I'm just going to live according to my human design and, and see how that goes for me. And, you know, it's very six two to, cause that's, you know, my profile. And I'm just like, I'll just share what I learned through, you know, more authentically, I feel like just share what my process has been. And then, uh, it was actually through like learning more about my human design that I decided to start a podcast. And so that was the thing that I was like, that was genuinely what was lighting me up. I was like, I want to start a podcast. Like I want to, I, and I had been wanting to for actually quite some time. And so last year I finally did after I had let my business go and I kind of like recuperated a little bit. I was like, all right, I'm coming back out, but this time I'm doing it totally different. And all I want to focus on is my podcast. And so here we are. (laughs) Wow. So I'm, I, I just feel like you are like, it's just so valuable everything you share because, okay, let's just be honest. We see people in this space, in this like spirituality space, like the business works, you know, the nutrition is on, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, okay, what is, what's like the truth? Because that can't be everyone's truth, you mm-hmm. know? And it certainly wasn't mine. Like I, I was totally burnt out as well. Like nervous system, a wreck, you know? And I think that, you know, your avenue of sharing, like through this podcast even is like, so valuable because it's like, no, like you can shine light on the things that maybe don't work for everyone, you know? And like with the, yeah, with with the nutrition, with the human design stuff, like all of that is so great, but it's like, you also, I think there is also like a huge misconception about what it really means to like succeed in those areas and what it really means to like be aligned in those areas, you know, because like anyone can share human design, but like, honestly, I was doing, like, I did a couple of readings for clients and I was like, this is not aligned. Like, I, I feel like I'm regurgitating information. I don't feel like this is like, yes, I'm happy to share like my embodied knowledge about what it means to be a three, five, you know, like I can give you that, like, I can give you that till the cows come home, (laughs) but 
I, I don't have the personal experience to, you know, show you in depth what it means to live your design. And something I admire so much about you is like your ability to be like, okay, this isn't working. I'm not going to keep going in this direction. Like I'm going to be adaptable and flexible and I'm going to change paths. And I feel like it's really cool too, because like in this first part of your six, you know, like your three, are you still a three? Are you? No, no. So I was actually going to bring that up. I'm technically on the roof now. Okay. 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 Yeah. So that makes sense too. Yeah. It makes um, so much sense, especially with the like, okay. So for people listening, we're talking about like the profiles in human design and mm-hmm. there's like six total numbers and you, all of us have a unique profile makeup. And so I have the number six in my profile and there's like three life phases to the six. So the first life phase is like the first 30 years of your life, it's meant to be like very trial and error. You're very like in the thick of things. Like you're just trying hats on seeing what works, which is um, also aligned with the three line, which is part of what Lily's profile is. And then the middle phase of life, which is like age 30 to 50 is when it's called like going on the roof. And so I'm still learning exactly what it is through my own process, but a lot of it is like, honestly, retreating and taking like steps back and being like a lot more like conserving your energy for like things that actually feel aligned. And honestly, I really do feel like a part of it is like the privacy piece. Like I've been noticing that like, I used to share so much, especially on social media with, you know, my business and stuff. But now I'm like, feeling like a lot of things are more sacred to me. And I'm like, I don't need to share every single thing for people to, you know, want to listen to my podcast and stuff like that. And that's been something that I've actually really been like stepping into because I'm like, you know, my mind tells me, oh, I should be sharing more. And then I'm like, it doesn't feel good. I'm like, no, I'm going to share when I feel authentically, like it feels good for me to share, which I do feel like definitely, definitely goes hand in hand. I think with like kind of going on the roof in human speak, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a lot more cautious when I like, like before I would just try things and I would just like go in, but now I'm like a lot more like, okay, let me feel into this. Let me use my emotional authority, like to actually like think about, do I want to go this route? Like it's something like I make myself think on things a lot longer than I used to. Yeah, I mean, your wisdom is like so coming through. Like, you, like, it's really true though. Like, it really is because, like, there is so there's the experimenter, but then there's the like wise experimenter who, like, actually, you know, is willing to like do the courageous things. And in, in the face of no one's approval, you know, I think what's really hard about even stopping or like pulling back from a business is that there's like, it's like, okay, you have all this engagement in this, you know, medium that feels very like quick, fast paced. Like there's a lot of engagement. And then when you stop, it's just like you, that's it. Like there's you in the space, you know? And like, I feel that some people, you know, may even want to continue their business just out of fear of that space of that, you know, self with space. And I think, you know, it's such a tribute to how like courageous you have been like in your own journey, but also like, you know, your ability to really like be with yourself and like be committed to like your spiritual path, which is 
you know, it, the true spiritual path, like in my opinion, is so much different than anything that anyone can see externally. Like it's really about your commitment to self. So let's talk a little bit about your spirituality and like how that has like opened up for you and what that has really like brought you to like, give me kind of, um, give me a little bit about how it started and then kind of bring yourself to where you are now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love everything you just said. Um, my spiritual path. Yeah. It's, it's again, I think spirituality is a very fluffy word and people think that it's like all butterflies and rainbows and it is not, it is like you exactly what you said. It's a commitment to yourself. It is a commitment to continually evolving and continually growing and continually willing to look inward and face your shadows and also own up to things. And that's been a big learning process for me. But so to take it back to when it started for me was in 2021, I was raised Catholic. Um, and then I denounced religion completely. And then honestly, it just happened. I found, I came across this channeled video and the person who was channeling, you know, they were channeling a higher being and it was the weirdest moment. It was like, I call it my red pill, blue pill moment. Have you seen the matrix? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. Well, it, basically in the matrix, like they're like, you can take a red pill or a blue pill and like the red pill will keep you. I think it's the red pill keeps you in the matrix and the blue pill basically like awakens you. And Anyways, I had this whole moment. It was like everything that I thought to be true basically shattered from watching this video. And I remember I was like, what the fuck is she doing? Like, I thought it was so weird, but the, the frequency, I could like feel the frequency of the message. And then I could feel the, the resonance, like in my soul, like it was so crazy. It was like, I was like wanting to look away and like press stop, but literally my soul like would not let me. It was the wow. weirdest, it was the weirdest moment. It was like, it was like, I didn't have control over like my human body. Yeah, oh my it, was, it was nuts. And so anyways, I was like, I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and um, that's when I went down like the whole path. And I ended up finding an energy healer to work with one-on-one -on -one for a good three months. I was working with her every week, which was so beneficial because I was like, I don't know what any of this is. And it was really like dark at first because it was like, it, it was like, what is life? Like I was contemplating like really big things. Right. Which I think we all do is like, what is the meaning of life? What is God? Like, what is, what does it mean to even be a human? What is death? Like just all these things that you don't want to confront. And then, you know, I was introduced to my spirit team, my spirit guides, and that was a really beautiful process. And since then I have really connected with them. I connect with them every single day in meditation. Um, but basically now I'm going to fast forward to now, I guess. Does that sound good? <laughs> okay. Cause there's like so much I could say. <laughs> um, but now I would say, yeah, I mean, I cultivate time in the, every single day in the morning to devote to my spiritual practice. And what that looks like lately is waking up, journaling, meditating, connecting with my guides. I usually pull an Oracle card and, um, 
And that's really it. Just like creating the space, which is like super important. Um, because like basically having a relationship with your spirit guides is like having a human relationship, you know, and like, they're not going to like talk to you as much if you're not like making an effort to talk to them. Um, and they're very like real, which is what I love. So yeah, that's like where it is right now. And I, I definitely still go through ego deaths. Um, I mean, I've gone through a lot of those, especially last year. And I mean, there's, I feel like always an ego death for us to go through, to get to our next level of who we are. But yeah, so that's like my daily practice. Sometimes I'll do stuff at night, but honestly not as much. It's always in the morning. And then like I do energy healing usually once a month ish, um, sometimes longer. It depends. Cause you know, like I, I need time to like integrate. Yeah. Um, and those are my main, like, that's the main way in which I practice. And then, you know, I always make sure I'm consuming like high, high vibrational content. Um, you know, I'm very picky about like what I watch on TV. I was like watching this show. <laughs> a few months ago have you heard of veronica mars no okay okay so i love like mystery and like crime shows which is very counterintuitive because i also like am very sensitive to watching like dark shit now like is that are you the same like ever since you've been on spiritual like a spiritual path like can you watch like really dark like scary yeah me neither i literally can't no i I know i literally can't like oh my god anyways um I was watching this show. It's called Veronica Mars. It's with Kristen Bell. It's the show that like made her big. Oh, okay. And she's like a a teenage, like private investigator. And I was watching it for a while and my guides like came through and they were like, yo, you got to stop watching this show. And I could feel that I, that I needed to stop watching it. Like, cause it, the energy was not good. And I was like picking up on it and I had to keep clearing myself, but I just kept doing it. And then (laughs) finally my guides were like, screaming at they literally like one day in meditation they were like you literally need to stop watching that show like it's it's not like stop that's hilarious so that's Um, just like one example I just feel like you get really sensitive to whatever you consume once you start doing this work on yourself yeah oh yeah I mean I was sensitive even as a kid I had like a lot of trouble um processing things like that um I remember I just like remember very distinctly like not being afraid of anything seeing something on tv being afraid like it was like very like this isn't who I am like this is conditioning um it's funny if my boyfriend's listening to this he's just gonna crack up because I I definitely force him to watch all happy things <laughs> he's just like I need some depth and I'm just like I all right we just have to be separate then because You're like I let's watch Disney do... Channel yeah like I can do <laughs> Disney movies I can do dramas I cannot do horror I cannot do um any kind of like anything creepy it's just no it's just a hard no and that's that's what it is and it's not going to change for me and that's just the reality so I've accepted it um and you know, it's not like you're missing much, you know, it's totally, totally. You're not. Sometimes I feel like my mind just like wants the drama. Like, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. My mind just like, I don't know. I really like mystery stuff because it's just like, it's, it's, I, I get really like, I like kind of getting away 
like trying to solve things, I guess. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why I really like like crime shows, but I'm like, they're just too dark. Like I can't, I can't handle them. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but that's just kind of, I guess, does that give like some insight into my spiritual journey at all? Yeah, I think so. Um, Do we have another question? Do we have time for another question or two? Or are we at time? Oh yeah, we're good. We're yes, perfect. Okay. Okay. So what I wanted to know, so I think for your listeners who are probably, you know, maybe they're deep on their spiritual path, you know, but maybe they're at the beginning. So share a little bit about how your like spirit guides come through for you. Because I think that there's like a lot of like misconception around this. Like you have to like be seeing visions, you know, like I personally, like, I don't see people walking around my room, you know, like that's, that's not my reality. I feel it much more differently. And I think everyone has their own unique way of feeling things, but I want to know how you, how you feel the universe interacting with you and how you feel most connected. Yes. I love this question. Um, because yeah, it is very individual for everyone. And for me, honestly, it's very subtle. And I think that that's the biggest thing, uh, is that I've learned to trust it. Um, because for me, so I'm always sitting in meditation, um, when I'm consciously connecting to my guides and usually I'll ask them like some questions and they'll come through to me. It, it It's just like, it sounds like my own thoughts and basically like, they just put the information in my head and it's like given to me in my own voice. So it just feels like I'm thinking. However, I can feel it viscerally in my brain. Um, and that's become more potent for me as I've gotten more devoted to connecting to them and like stepping into, you know, I guess like really, really like stepping into connecting with them. Um, because at first I didn't connect with them every single day, but it's like, um, usually it depends on who I call forward, but like, for instance, every time I call Archangel Michael forward, he, I feel him so viscerally in my hands and then like tingling in my hands. And then like in my like frontal lobe, I feel him. Um, so what it feels like is it's just like this, like tingling in my brain, Um, But I find that the brain thing I feel with more than just him, um, I haven't like identified my guides yet. Like they haven't, some people are like, yeah, I have like nine spirit guides and I don't know how many guides are on my team. Like they haven't like told me that. Um, Mm -hmm. and they haven't like identified themselves as like, I'm, this is like my name or whatever. I heard it kind of takes a long time for them to do that, but I also haven't really asked Cause I just don't feel like I need to know. Like, I just know that they're there and I know that they're all helping me and they're going to come forward when they need to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very, like, feels like I'm talking to myself, which is why before I was like, okay, how do I know that this isn't just like my mind talking to me? Um, and then the, the brain thing, it, which is a little newer for me, um, is like feeling the tingling in my brain. Sometimes it sh- shows up as a pressure in my brain. Um, but it doesn't like hurt. It's just like a, it's like, I know that it's like divine consciousness. I know that it's like the divine connecting through to me. Um, but it has gotten more visceral, but yeah, I don't see any visions. Um, I don't see like actual entities or anything like that. I know that some people do, but again, it's just dependent on like 
how they want to communicate with you really. Um, right. So different yeah. for everyone. Yeah, it really is. Like, and I think something that's like challenging, at least it was like for me and, you know, continues to be at different points of like my own journey where, where it's like wanting it to be different or like wanting it to come through in a different way or like wanting to, it to be clearer or, you know, wanting it to come in at your own time. <laughs> the timing. Yes. Like now, <laughs> um, you know, all of those things I think are super normal. I'm like hearing ringing in my ears right now. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, this is important. Um, where it's like, yeah, all of these can be normal frustrations to have. And I think that literally everyone goes through them, regardless of whether you're like the most psychic person in the world, or you're just, you know, moving into this and you're second guessing everything, you know, like second guessing my guides and my intuition has definitely been a big part of my journey and still continues to be. And it's, you know, it's part of rebuilding muscles that we were never taught how to use. It's like reawakening this dormant memory. And so I love how you said, like, it really is like a process and things start to come through differently and more um, potently, the more, the more you work with it. Yes. And I, I have found that to happen in myself as well. Um, you also said that you, you know, this is kind of like in our like personal, like off session talks, but you've said that, you know, you're really connected to nature. And I wonder how that kind of shows up in your spiritual practice. And if you have any kind of suggestions for the audience in terms of how to, you know, maybe connect more with their intuition through nature or even through food, which is another kind of, you know, um, focus in terms of like your like where your energy likes to be I feel like yes 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 okay yeah so with nature I feel like I think that sometimes people think that you have to like go be outside for days at a time and that's not that's totally not true um so for like I it's funny because I love nature but I hate being dirty like I hate being dirty Mm -hmm. um and so I don't know what that is but I've just like honored it. And so for me, what I do every single morning when I'm meditating and when I'm creating that space to connect, uh, you know, through my spiritual practice, I open a window and I make sure before I like call in my guides, I actually, all I do is I listen to like nature. I listen to the birds. I listen to like, if it's raining, um, and I like, but I like really listen. Like, I don't just like hear it. Like I like I sit with it and I like immerse myself in it. And I like, I kind of like remind myself that like, I am nature as well. Like I'm, we're all, we're all one, right. It's that oneness. And so I just sit with it for a little while. And I, I really love like when the birds are chirping and stuff, or I also love when it's raining. Cause I can just like connect with that. Um, that's honestly the main way that I connect with nature. Like I don't go around, I don't go outside and like roll in the dirt, like, <laughs> That's just not my, my thing. And then also I have house plants and I make it a point it's three, three, three here right now, by the way, just saying, um, um, I make it a point to always have fresh flowers in the house. So I buy fresh flowers like every single week almost, um, or every two weeks because I need that like connection to, to nature and I like to bring it inside. And so 
Mm-hmm. I have a lot of house plants. And then like, um, I go for walks like two to three times a day. And I, honestly, I would love to get more into nature, but that's like the reality of where I'm at with it. Um, yeah. and I just like sit outside on my back porch and, and I just like sit out there and I just enjoy being outside. Um, it's so peaceful. Like it really is the more that you can like somehow bring nature in even into your house. If you can't get outside a lot, it's, it makes, it's so grounding. Oh my gosh. Such good tips. I love (laughs) that because you know, it is true. Like people need those stepping stones too. like bringing nature inside. That's a great, great tip. And I love how you listen through your open window. Like I just love it so much. <laughs> like I was just like, oh wow, that's it's powerful. Super medicinal. Like it's so grounding, especially after like dreaming all night. Yeah. It's like, it's like oh, it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm back on earth. Like I'm getting, connecting with the earth. I'm like grounding into my body again. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like this elaborate ceremony, you know, and I love how you shared like how accessible it really is for everyone, regardless of, you know, even where you live, like even if you live in a city, still opening the window and like feeling the sun come in, you know, like hearing the rain, like that's accessible for everyone. So I love that. Totally. Yeah. And then kind of what you were speaking on with like the nutrition piece, like the main thing that I want to say, because I've gotten asked like by a lot of people who are awakening, they're like, what do you even eat? Especially when you first start to awaken, like it's really confusing of like, like, what do I eat? Like, I remember that feeling and I still go through that sometimes where I'm like, my body doesn't want anything or feels like it doesn't want anything. Um, and that's where it's like, it, the more that you can tune in and like really honor, like what kind of like what we already talked about, like, instead of seeking outside of yourself, like sit with yourself for a second and be like, what sounds really good to me right now? And if it's like a big bowl of like pasta or something like with salt on it, like literally sometimes I just eat like gluten-free pasta with like grass-fed butter and salt. And I'm like, that's all my, that's all I want right now. And that also feeds my inner child because I used to eat buttered noodles growing up. And so it's like, sometimes it's like the most illogical thing, but it's like exactly what you need. And so I think really like allow yourself that. And then also like drinking electrolytes in your water all throughout the day. That's like, like I always have electrolytes in my water. It's like not negotiable. Um, so yeah. Is that helpful? Mm -hmm, That's reiterates what we talked about earlier, but I guess like really not being afraid to like eat what you truly want to eat, even if it sounds like not healthy or like it doesn't make sense. Or you think like your partner or someone's going to judge you for it. Like if you're like craving that, you're craving it for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Unless if your body's all off and you're craving sugar all the time, that's a different story, but. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like for people who are generally eating a whole foods based diet who are like aware of, you know, eating whole foods versus packaged foods, you know, like things like that. Like, I, I wonder if you think that there needs to be like some sort of like foundation in order to like really follow your intuition with food, or if it doesn't really matter, like say, say like someone's eating the standard American diet, like day in, day out. And 
have like very limited like whole foods would you say that there's like um kind of like a titration process where like once you kind of transition to whole foods for a little bit then there's this point of like okay like now that I have this foundation now I can really trust my intuition like even if I want a cheeseburger like I know that it's coming from a true place versus like a dysregulated place like I wonder what your thoughts are on that yeah I'm like feeling into it um it's very individualized, I will say. And especially if you are transitioning or you're starting to transition to like a whole foods based diet or cleaning up your diet in general, you may find, um, that you're hungrier, but it's important to eat nutrient dense foods, I guess. And so always like, I always recommend people focusing on like clean proteins, healthy fats, and obviously like vegetables and healthy carbohydrates and stuff. But I think the point of, okay, I'm trying to like answer your question in a way that I think the point of like knowing that you can trust yourself is when let's say the craving or the food that you want to eat is coming from a place of enjoyment. Like you're like, oh, I just want to enjoy this. Or like, this is just really what I feel like I need right now. But it's not desperation of like, oh, I just like, I have to have this cookie or I have to have this cheeseburger. Um, because ultimately like your body communicates with you. Like cravings are a way for our body to communicate with us and there's different types of cravings. And so a true physiological craving will usually show up. Like your body's not going to crave a cookie naturally, unless if your blood sugar is super, super low and it needs to be spiked like really quick. Um, so like if you go like an entire day without eating and then 3 PM rolls around and you're craving mad sugar, it's like, yeah, that's a genuine physiological craving because your body literally, your blood sugar is like shot and it needs something. It needs a simple sugar. doesn't even matter what it is at that point to get it up. Um, I mean, usually I'd recommend people to do like a whole fruit juice over like a cookie because you know, it's just healthier, but then it gets into if, whereas if you're craving like cookies and stuff all the time, like unhealthy things all the time, there's something underneath that. So that's something to look into because your body isn't naturally going to want man-made foods. Like cookies are man-made foods and your body isn't naturally going to want that. Um, so that's something to think about. And it's actually a really good point of reference of like, okay, what is this craving telling me? Um, I will say that on a spiritual journey, I get to a point where I eat for my inner child quite a bit. (laughs) And that's a little bit different where I try, like, if I'm like, Oh, I just really want something comforting right now. I try to create like a healthier alternative to things that I grew up eating, which is like what I mentioned, like the pasta, I find a really healthy gluten-free pasta. Um, but do I eat it all the time? No, I eat it, you know, when I'm feeling like my inner child needs that, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. I love what you said about the, um, humans generally will not constantly crave man-made food unless there is something underneath that, you know, and like, that's, that's powerful. And I have found that to be true. Like, yes, every once in a while, I want something that, you know, like, yeah, like feeding my inner child or like 
I really want to grill cheese and tomato soup, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, like, I couldn't imagine wanting that every single day. I just wouldn't, you know, like there's just, I just wouldn't. And like my body would just tell me. So I think that's a really important distinction and something that takes time, you know, to start to play with and, and understand. Cause like probably the first time that you feed your inner child, you'd be like, Oh no, like, did I do something wrong? Like, is this a cheat? Like, am I cheating myself? Like, am I going to mess up my body? You know, like, I feel like there's that kind of process of like, trusting being okay with feeding yourself in the way that you know is really aligned for you both from your emotional it is okay to eat like from your emotion for your emotional body as well um it's just it really is amazing that you know at the end of the day it is truly we we try to control like so much with our body and our food and then at the end of the day once the control is let go it's like no, like I'm not going to crave a cookie every single day. Like I, I'm not. And like, I don't have to restrict myself and I don't have to say no. And I don't have to keep myself in check because my body is like so innately intelligent. And I love how like everything that you were saying was like so indicative of that. And I think that, you know, feeling yourself is really where it all begins. I think, you know, it's definitely where I started with my spiritual journey as well. And where I think so many people start too. So I think this is really important for your listeners, even if they're, like I said, kind of like along in their journey at this point. Definitely. And I think it's like the whole eating healthy can sound really intimidating. And I fell into the, the needing to be perfect with it. And what I will say is like, first of all, when you do make the transition and you give your body like a month, two months to like adapt to just even reintroduce like introducing healthier whole foods into your diet, like the cravings nap for the unhealthy stuff naturally start to go away. And if they don't, then usually, I mean, not for everyone, but if they don't, then usually that's like an emotional component. And that's like something needs to be looked at there. Right. Like there's more there than just like the physiological, um, again, that's not for everybody, but, and then it's like falling into the trap of like perfectionism with it is like, and we, we are here to like, part of the beauty of being human is that we can taste food and we can eat it. And like, yeah. truly, like, I think about the movie, have you seen the movie soul? The yeah. You know how, like they, when the soul, you know, the one that was fighting coming down to earth for so long, and then she comes down and she tastes pizza for the first time. Yeah, it's this like moment for me that I realized like, holy shit, that's like real. Like, you know, we as humans, like we actually get these indulgences and we, we have these five senses for a reason. Like we're Mm -hmm. meant to use them. We're meant to indulge in them. We're meant to, to live with them. And, um, that's really where it's like, you are meant to love and eat food that, that feels yummy and good to you. And the more that you like, like being healthy doesn't have to be boring. Like it can be super yummy and, I think it's just like our standards of what healthy is. It's like, it's very individual. And so I would just encourage everyone to like, to make your own definition of it. Um, That's where like, I don't subscribe to diets. Like, I don't think anyone should really subscribe to diets unless if they're working with a practitioner on like a chronic illness or something. But for the general human, it's like, like eat what you want and don't define it in a way that like, you need to be keto or paleo or whatever, eat what feels good for your body, which again, it's a trial and error process. And it's just like, 
yeah. So, yeah, no, it's like, what does it mean to be human? You know, like, what does it mean to have a really good meal? And Mm -hmm. like, we're not, I don't think that we're meant to deny ourselves of that. Like Mm -hmm. there's something so powerful about like, even like being a woman, especially, and like being an embodied woman and like knowing what it feels like to feed yourself well, Mm -hmm. like, like that feels good. You know, like it's, it feels grounded. It feels, you know, central. Like it feels like, you know, your energy is kind of like within, you know, there's, there's the worthiness piece of, of all of it. And it's just like, "Mm, yeah, you know, like, it's just that like sacral. Yes. For me at least. But, uh, I think we have a little bit more time. So I'd love to just like wrap up with one question for you about, um, like the quality of your food. So we talked a little bit in the beginning about, you know, the factory farming, and I'd love to hear more from you about like what that really means to you in terms of like your daily choices and, you know, just illuminating this topic more, because I think that a lot of people don't really know the, or aren't aware of the true impact that you know this has this this issue in humanity generally just has on you know as you mentioned the planet on our health on our frequency and you know if there's any any suggestions that you have in terms of helping people to you know connect with their food in this kind of deeper way I think that would be a great thing to wrap up with yeah oh I love this question so it's nuanced and I'll go into that a little bit but The number one thing, because obviously, you know, there are certain foods that are going to cost a little bit more to, you know, I guess eat healthier or, or get them from better sources. And really the main, the main foods that are a little bit like tend to be a little pricier are when it comes to meat, because meat, when you buy it regeneratively rate, when it comes from regenerative agriculture, which basically means like the farmer's are farming the animals in a way that is very beneficial for the earth. Like they're usually out in the pasture, like they can eat and they can like literally like poop, poop out on the grass, which is like really good for the earth. Um, so that's why it's regenerative. Like it's like beneficial to the earth. It helps the earth regenerate itself. And so, and then it's really good for the animal because the animal is like out happy on, um, a pasture and not confined in a cage. And so something that I learned is, you know, through nutrition school is like, there are so many hormones that get basically absorbed into the meat of these animals. And, um, you can absorb those hormones into your body as well. And it's also energetic. I mean, the more that you get into energetics, like we've already kind of touched on, it's something you can't really see, but you can feel like you can eat a piece of like, uh, like a, a nice, like grass-fed pasteurized steak and then like a factory farmed steak that's like way cheaper. And like, I guarantee you, I actually want to like test this out. Ugh, I couldn't get myself to eat a factory farm. <laughs> I know, right? But it's like, I want to test it, but I can't. I want to test it, but I feel like I can't. But you would probably feel different because it's the energy of it. Like that animal was confined, stressed its entire life, cortisol through the roof, like its entire life. Um, and that tends to be why like cheap cuts of meat are like really tough, even when they're supposed to be tender. 
Um, you like cheap meat when it's really tough. Like it's, it's like the animal is really stressed. Like obviously it it depends on like the cut too, but even when I I've found that cuts that are supposed to be tender are not, um, like you can literally taste it in the texture, like hands down. It's like for meat and chicken, especially like beef and chicken. And so I would say the number one thing, if you can is focus on, um, if you're a meat eater, like trying to find meats that are, um, regeneratively raised, which again, I would look for hundred percent grass fed. If you can great places for that are like whole foods and sprouts are the number one places. Um, but then also like butcher box is like a subscription service. If you want to look into that. And again, it's a little more pricey, but it's like, you get, you pick and choose as a consumer. And I encourage anyone listening to like start their journey in a way that feels resonant to them. Um, because for me, like my non-negotiable is high quality meat and wild caught fish. Um, and I know I'm going to spend a little bit more money there. Right. So then I bargain a little bit more on like fruits and veggies. I always buy organic when I can, but realistically I follow like the dirty dozen and clean 15. And basically what that is, is like the environmental working group every year they establish, like there's a dirty dozen, um, of produce, which you always want to buy, um, organic because like the dirty part of it is like, they're super sprayed with herbicides and pesticides. And then the clean 15 are things that you can buy non-organic that don't have a lot of herbicides and stuff. So I actually do follow that. I mean, I try to buy organic at all times if I can, but like, sometimes I do just buy non-organic produce if I know it's on the clean 15. And you can literally just Google that like dirty dozen clean 15, you'll find it. It'll show up. Um, so that's like the main thing. And then, um, honestly, (laughs) those are like really like meats, proteins, and vegetables are really like, that's like the majority of a a whole foods based diet. And then obviously like your oils and like fats and stuff, but yeah, you're buying like the packaged stuff. Like once we get into like packaged goods, um, when it comes to healthier options, like I'm going to be straight, they're more expensive. Um, and do I purchase them? Yes. Because I prefer brands that are higher quality, but again, I think you have to pick and choose and you have to basically decide as a consumer, like what is more important to me? Um, and what can I make work within my budget? And so I think that's a really good place to start. And it's again, something that's, it might take a little bit of time to like get into a groove with it. Like it took me a few years to get into a groove with it, but now I know I go into the grocery store and I just know what I buy, um, you know, what I don't bargain on and what I do bargain on and what my values with that are going to look like are going to be different than any, than somebody else's, but I would encourage people, especially on the meats, just because as consumers, like we vote with our dollars and like the more demand there is for these regenerative practices, um, it's going to keep these farmers in business because the farmers, you know, they're not funded by the banks and the government and the government and the banks fund factory farming. Um, so it's like a whole thing uh, that we, we need to unravel and it's going to take time, but yeah, that that's my spiel on that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. And I love those tips, you know, dirty dozen clean 15, like that's so easy to find. I actually, I was traveling and I, I didn't have a choice. Like I had to get some 
fruit like I need fruit in my diet and especially when I'm traveling like I just I crave that like hydrating um like you know that sugar from fruits and hydrating and I was like all right I gotta get I really want berries like I just really wanted berries and there was no organic options and you know berries are one of the ones that you pretty much want to buy organic I don't know if that's a fact for like all berries but that's kind of like a rule I go by yeah yeah like I know strawberries um I've had some really weird experiences with non-organic strawberries like them literally turning white after I wash them like so bad so bad like them like like me washing them putting them on like a towel and then that the red coloring just seeping into the towel like I it yeah like and, and it's funny because I was with someone that I was just kind of like introducing them to like these concepts you know and it just so happened I had a perfect example and I was just like look at this like this is crazy but anyway you know, I bought the berries and, you know, I had them today and I was just like, yeah, okay. Like they're just not the same. Like there is something in like the frequency of it, or even like the texture of it that like, for me, like I, I just, I can't try to convince myself otherwise. And like, maybe that would maybe to some people like that's so extra or whatever, but like, I can't fake it. I can't lie and be like, yeah, it tastes the same to me. Like it doesn't. And that's just the truth. And so that's, it really doesn't. I feel like everybody, like if you like organic berries are like so much sweeter than non-organic. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I, I'll also say, um, so with the, you know, price differences and stuff like that can definitely be a challenge for people. Something that like I'll offer is that I, you know, I live in a small town, like smallish town, and we have a co-op and I volunteer at the co-op um, like once a week. Sometimes I miss stuff, but I volunteer and then I get a discount that I can use there like whenever I shop. Oh, and yeah so like for me you know that makes it doable mm-hmm. whereas like before you know maybe I wouldn't have been able to like shop at the co-op like exclusively whereas now like I can and yeah. so you know maybe just like looking into those stores around you you know if you live in like a small town like I do maybe that's not like accessible in like bigger places like with Whole Foods you know but with smaller areas, there sometimes are options for you to, you know, get involved in some way and then have like a benefit where you can, you know, make it a goal. So there's, there's options too. Yeah. And I think that that's great because, you know, I mean, it, it is, I feel like a privilege to be able to like buy certain things at the grocery store. Cause I like I try to be cognizant of like, you know, people that have families and stuff like that. And like, they have so much more that they have to like budget for. And so it's just like, do it, doing what you can. And also I know that, um, like you can also Google like local butchers and stuff and see if like there's butchers that have like, uh, healthier practices and stuff like that. And like, they can always like cut you deals and stuff for like larger amounts of meat that like you can freeze and stuff for your family. Um, so there's all like, there's different ways. And like what you said is such a great, you know, thing for people to look into too. There's, there's different things that you can do. I would say it's just going to take a little bit more like effort to kind of like figure out, you know, what are the best options for where you live and, 
and really figuring that out and getting into a groove with it and just knowing that like you don't have to make such drastic changes all right away like let it be gradual um because the shift initially to eating super healthy can be super expensive but then once you get into your groove like you figure out your budget and and you make it work yeah yeah and I mean it's not supposed to be like a stressor it's supposed to you know make you feel better and make you feel like excited about what you're eating and feel like you have you know um you know a connection to the food more so and so I think oh yeah what I was gonna say really quickly I was gonna say whenever I eat meat um this probably wasn't going to resonate for everybody, but this is just true to my process right now. Um, I literally like touch the the meat, like the raw meat. And I like thank the soul that for, for its sacrifice basically. Um, and I just like show gratitude for it. Um, this is something that I do very quietly and I just do it. It's just like something that I do, I don't know, internally. And it just makes me feel so much more like I don't know, like connected in a way that feels like, like, like just thinking the animal for its sacrifice. Um, because you know, there's so many different viewpoints on animals and I personally have never been vegan. And I do believe that like animals can serve us in a way to like nourish us. Um, but we don't have to be obviously so cruel to them. And so, I don't know, that's just my way of like being like, I'm so grateful for, you know, the fact that this animal was sacrificed to nourish me. And that's like an energy exchange in and of itself. Um, and it just, I feel like it makes you just more appreciate your food more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not a mindless thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a vegetarian when I was young. Cause I just couldn't like bring myself to eat any meat. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, going through, just growing up feeling like I did need the nutrition from it. I, you know, started to transition into eating meat. So I, I feel like our paths are, and our viewpoints are very aligned in, in that way, but it's a great reminder to, you know, building that, you know, spiritual connection with your sustenance, you know, like in general and the fact that it is a living thing, you know, like, you know, it's all connected and, um, yeah, I just, I love, I love that. And I think that, you know, it's even if you're not like religious where like you sit down and like pray before a meal necessarily, like if that doesn't feel, you know, like aligned, like that is like a great thing to do just like quietly, like on your own, as you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, cause like, I, I don't like pray before meals, but I think that, you know, there's, there's some aspect to that ritual that, you know, is powerful, you know, and like you using it in your own way is like, I love it. Yeah. It feels powerful. And it just feels like I have so much, like my heart is so big when it comes to animals, but that I'm like sitting over here and I'm like eating them. And some people are like, well, that's hypocritical. And I'm like, well, not really like, because I see the value and like the fact that this animal sacrificed its life. So it could nourish me. Like that's like, I actually am like grateful for it. And that's why I support the, you know, regenerative farming because of the ethical practices behind it is because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, whatever I can do to like help the animals, you know, not live such a hard life and then in turn help our, help our earth. And then also it helps our health because the nutrient content of 
pasture-raised grass-fed meats is like way better than grain-fed um Mm -hmm. because it, it like it genuinely scientifically is much healthier for you as well so it's just a matter of like the accessibility again like going back to my my vision that I talked about in the very beginning is like I also would love to like make it more accessible. Like if I were to ever act on that is like making it more accessible to like low income communities and like, how can we make this more realistic? Like, how can we make this? So like low income communities don't have to, you know, eat fast food all the time and stuff like that. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the food industry. And, um, I mean, we're, we're on the path, but it does start with like being a consumer and like, you have a lot more power than you think. Mm. Oh yeah. Powerful. I love it. Thank you so much for answering these questions. Oh my gosh. I feel like I got to know you so much better. I feel like your listeners are going to say the same thing and everyone's just going to be like floored by all the wisdom that you shared. I just know it. Thank you so much for like coming on and doing this and for giving me this opportunity to speak on that. I haven't gotten to speak on nutrition in quite some time and my fire is still there with it. So you just asked all I the right like, I feel like it was definitely a part of your path for a reason. Oh, you yeah. know, like you definitely like, like tailored it now to something that is like, so like, mm, like so rooted and like feels so important collectively. Like this is such a huge, huge collective issue. Um, I just can't wait to see how it starts to manifest. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lily, for coming on and we'll see how, what listeners think, but cause I'm probably going to have you on again. Yes. I would love to. Um, again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, Lily until next time.